She slammed into him as she was rounding the corner to the parking area, and the collision would have knocked her off her feet if he had not grabbed her on the rebound and jerked her back into another but softer collision. He was a big man, six one or two, lean but hard, and the collision had really jarred her. She pushed clear of that unpleasantly close encounter and growled angrily as she struggled to regain her composure. Andrew seemed amused by it, and that made Rebecca even angrier. "'Good thing you're not a regular woman,' he said, grinning. "'I'm fine, and as regular as any woman,' she huffily assured him. "'Good thing you're not a regular man.' The reporter chuckled as he jived back. "'Thank God I'm not, considering the standard that must be in your head. I still can't believe it.' "'Can't believe what?' Rebecca muttered as she straightened her jacket. "'That a beautiful and educated woman like you would marry one of those aborigines. Whatever must it be like for you?' She snapped. "'These aborigines are holding your freedoms firm for you, Mr. Libertarian.' "'Go tell that to Billy Costa's family,' Andrew suggested heavily. "'Maybe it will lighten their grief.' Rebecca replied, "'No, I think I'd rather tell it to Eileen Trieste.' Maybe it will give her the courage to keep her store open after dark one more night. Thanks for the quote. I'll run it right alongside the one from Maria Sanchez. Billy was trying to surrender when the cop gunned him down. Do you really think Triesta wanted that boy killed over a $90 robbery attempt? Do you really think my husband did? She shot back angrily. Looks that way. His only concern, obviously, was to protect the $90 at any cost. I see your brain is still kinked with twisted reasoning, Rebecca spat. The number of dollars has nothing to do with anything. How can the responding officer know anything about that? What do you think? We stop and count the missing dollars before we decide on a proper response? Andrew seemed to be enjoying the exchange. He smiled serenely as he replied. That changes nothing in the final result. Your cowboy husband killed a 17-year-old boy over 90 lousy dollars. That's the bottom line. Your bottom line, maybe, but not mine. 90 or 90 million makes no difference. Pete didn't shoot that boy as punishment for stealing. What are you suggesting? That we just fire all the cops and turn it back to jungle law and the survival of the meanest? We're talking the preservation of civilization here, Mr. Liberty. Do you really want to live in a town without police protection in this day and age? But who protects us against the police, huh? The press, I suppose. Damned right the press, Andrew said, and sauntered on into the building. Rebecca bit her tongue so hard it hurt. What a sap she was for arguing with a jerk like that. But she was thinking that she'd sure love to see the day when that son of a bitch had a savage at his throat and was yelling for a cop to rescue him. Maybe she'd saunter over, and maybe not. The second victim of the Sunrise Rapist, Vicky Porfino, was dead when Rebecca reached the hospital. The official cause of death would not be established until a post-mortem examination and formal finding by the coroner, but Rebecca was able to interview the attending physician and get the details of the victim's internal injuries. Some sort of blunt instrument had been inserted deeply into the vagina, with such repeated force as to tear it loose from the cervix and rupture the uterus. 
There was trauma also to the urinary tract and other organs. The surgeon had removed the entire uterus and patched up the other damages, but the post-surgical prognosis had been guarded at best, so it was no great surprise to the attending physician that Vicky Porfino had succumbed to her injuries. That woman was savaged, he told Rebecca. I'd like nothing better than to be called as an expert witness for the prosecution when you catch this guy. You'll have your day in court, she assured him.